G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. So if you want to understand the new covenant, you have to understand the old covenant because scripture interprets scripture. The old covenant is not obsolete. It's actually really essential to understand sound doctrine. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we started looking at the thought that the Old Covenant is no longer important and that it can, in fact, be done away with. Uh, There's a lot of people that will quote Hebrews 8.13 to verify that view. It says, when he said a new covenant, he made the first obsolete, but whatever is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to disappear. So we ask the question today, is the Old Testament still relevant? And I would answer that and say absolutely yes, and I'm going to prove to you why <laughs> I believe that. And and that is because we mentioned, remember we mentioned last time about how the divisions within the Old and New Covenant into chapter and verses and how the, the chapter markers or numbers were introduced in the 13th century and the verse markers were introduced in the late 16th century. So they're not part of the original. That They were literally just... They're introduced as a help for those reading the Bible to navigate their way through to find something. You know what it's like. You've got to find something. I've got to go into the book of Isaiah. Well, it's a pretty long book. (laughs) So all these chapters and verses simply help you identify. But if you look at some of those chapter and verse markers, you kind of scratch your head and go, why did they put a verse marker and a chapter marker there? Doesn't make a lot of sense. No, they'll have one one whole statement. Well, Paul is usually writes says very long things. (laughs) And they might have one whole statement or sentence broken up into four or five verses just so you can find your way through. Yeah. And we learned that if you keep reading from after Hebrews 8.13 into Hebrews 9.1, it explains that it was the mosaic sacrificial ceremonial covenant that was being done away with. And just to show you how um, sometimes these divisions can be a little bit confusing, why it's really important that if you're reading a, a, a verse, first of all, never take a verse in isolation. Mm. Always read before it and after it so you get context. But just to show you um, that this is a very common occurrence, you know, we talked about Isaiah chapter 53 and how the entire chapter identifies the Messiah and what he would be like. Yeah. Well, the description of Messiah doesn't start in verse 1 of Isaiah 53. It actually starts in Isaiah 52 and the last three verses. I'm going to read those to you. Isaiah 52, 13 to 15 says, Behold, my servant will prosper. He'll be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished at you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. Thus he'll sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them, they will see. And what they had not heard, they'll understand. Then 
Isaiah mm. chapter 53 begins and it says, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before them like a tender shoot and like a, re- a root out of the parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. And then the chapter goes on. But who was the tender shoot and the root out of the parched ground who had no stately form? The servant who Mm. was mentioned in the last three verses of Isaiah chapter 52. So that's just one of so many examples of how the divisions of chapter and verse can be very deceptive, leading you to think that when you get to the end of a chapter, that's the end of it, or you don't have to look at the chapter before. And so that's why when never, ever, ever take a, a verse out in isolation uh, and particularly when it's something that's as important when it's talking about what is relevant scripture and what is not. Yeah, that's right. So if you want to understand the new covenant, you have to understand the old covenant because scripture interprets scripture. The old covenant is not obsolete. It's actually really essential to understand sound doctrine. Yes, the rituals and the ceremonies of the Mosaic covenant and the, you know, the function of the temple, that's done away with. Christ was the fulfillment. We mentioned that last time. But there's another thing too. If you continue to think that the old covenant is obsolete, all of the covenants, the various different covenants, they're all mentioned in the old covenant scripture. So if you think the old covenant scriptures are obsolete, then you could think that the covenants are obsolete. But it, scripture actually says that they're eternal. That's right. And they were made by God. They were not conditional. Only the Mosaic one was conditional. It's so important to understand that both the covenants are important. If you deny the Old Covenant scriptures as still being legitimate and for today, then it leaves God looking like he's impotent and a liar, that he couldn't fulfill his own word. And that's a very dangerous place to be. So if you look back at the many subjects that we've covered in Foundations, for example, you know, when we learned all about the names of God, we learned all of that from the Old Covenant scriptures. Uh, The mandatory feasts of the Lord that we've looked at so far, all comes from the Old Covenant Scriptures. Uh, The history of the Jewish people, it's all Old Covenant. And if you look at prophecy fulfilled, all Old Covenant. And and if you want to look at what prophecy fulfilled is going to look like in the future from what we see in the New Covenant, you need to look back at the Old Covenant. Well, obviously, you've even got Jesus who taught the people when he walked the earth. He taught from the Law and the Prophets. He did. The first disciples did the same thing. That was their only reference point, I guess. But they used that to prove Jesus was Messiah and then to you know, paint a picture for the New Testament believers. You know, the scriptures, the New, Co- New Covenant scriptures that we have are actually the teaching of the apostles and those who wrote the New Covenant and the Gospels. They're all the actual teaching of the Old Covenant scriptures. Yeah. The old and the new is essential and necessary for a rounded education and equipping of the believer for living a balanced, godly life of faith. And Paul even emphasized it in 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17. This is when Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, all scripture, what scripture was he referring to? Yeah. He was referring to the old covenant scriptures that he taught from. So all scripture is inspired of God. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, training in righteousness, so that the man of God is going to be adequate and equipped. You need all scripture to have all of these these characteristics and all of these elements in equipping the believer. 
And I've no, I've quoted this one so many times. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've got to quote it again. John five thirty nine. Jesus said to the Pharisees, "You search the scriptures, because you believe that in them you have eternal life, but they're testifying of me." So if you want to disregard the old covenant, that's the entire mm. description of Christ. Exactly. And you know, he actually emphasized that again. Do you remember when he was on the road to Emmaus? It was after his resurrection. Yeah. And he met up with some of his disciples and they were pretty distraught. And he mm. said, what's going on? And they said, don't you know? Haven't you heard? You're the only person yep. in the whole of the country <laughs> that hasn't heard what happened. And he said, what? What things? And they said, well, Jesus of Nazareth, we really, really believed that he was the Messiah. We really believed it. And he was executed three days ago. And he even said after three days he was going to come back to life. And we're so discouraged. We really thought he was the one. And then Jesus in Luke twenty four twenty seven, he this is what he said. Then beginning with Moses, that's the Torah and yep. Genesis, and with all of the prophets, that goes right through to Malachi, Genesis to Malachi. That's the Tanakh, the Old Covenant Scriptures. Then beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all of the scriptures. Mm. So he gave them a Bible study completely yeah. based on the Old Covenant. Yeah. Why would we disregard it? Why would we say that it was obsolete when every word of it points to the Messiah? Even the fulfilled portions of it in yeah. the Mosaic Covenant are all pointing and are all a picture of the Messiah who was to come. So it's it's not obsolete even the Mosaic Covenant, which we no longer have to worry about ritual and sacrifice anymore, even without that, it's still it's still evidence and validation and proof that Jesus is who he is because he fulfilled right, all yeah, of that. It points to him. All of it does. So the Old Covenant is absolutely essential, as essential as the New. So if you're only fixated on the New, you need to be going back and reading and studying the Old. If you just want to get lost in the Old and ignore the New, big mistake. Yep. You need that as well. It's the whole counsel of God that we're supposed to be committing our life to. And that's the thing that transforms our mind. That's the thing that builds the character. This is the thing that's going to teach us as 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. It's going to teach us. It's going to reprove us when we're in error. It's going to correct us when we're going astray. And it's going to train us in righteousness. And it's going to be so adequate that we'll be equipped for every good work that God calls us to. So that uh, well and truly answers the question. The Old Testament still relevant today, equally so with the New well, next time on Foundations, we're going to see how praise is linked to victory in the Hebrew language. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.